welcome back to the first corner. Today finishes off our every 2021 driver ranked with Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. Who comes out on top? You can skip to the end to find out the result. But if you have 23 minutes, let's compare and contrast Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen against the backdrop of the season from both drivers' perspectives. Up first is Lewis Hamilton. Had Lewis Hamilton won his 8th title in Abu Dhabi, it wouldn't change the result. We'll deal with the criticisms and low points first, and then the superlatives. He was not without his mishaps this season. People judged him harshly for going off the dry line while lapping traffic in Imola, taking the situation in isolation. If a lap car backs off, which Russell did, the racer's instinct is to pass the lap car, almost regardless of the risk offline, especially while chasing the leader. You have to go for it. Would have happened any other driver in the same situation. Just happened to be Lewis Hamilton. Baku was undoubtedly the howler of the season, which ultimately lost him the championship. A brake magic button threw his brake bias fully forwards when launching off the line, causing him to lock up, and a win went out the window after an embarrassing call to play it safe over the radio. Let's not forget that it's both team and driver who decide where the buttons go on the wheel, and the team didn't accidentally press it for him in that moment. Budapest was also considered by some as an obvious mistake by Mercedes and Hamilton not to come in for dries on the restart. But, when you are the leader, much like in Abu Dhabi, you are ultimately in not a strong a position of making that call. Track position is everything in the moment, and hindsight is 2020. In Monaco, the Mercedes was a temperamental beast to get into its sweet spot over the one flying lap. It couldn't fire up the front tyres and kept overheating the rears. On Thursday, Hamilton advised the team to take a setup direction to help offset the front warm-up issue. This was overruled by his engineering team, looking at the extreme degradation of the rears. By contrast, Bottas was having similar issues, but after FP3, Mercedes swapped out a different anti-roll bar on the front, and in qualifying, suddenly the tyres were now warming up, but at a cost to the imbalance to the rear. It was something to work with and allowed Bottas to qualify third. It proved nowhere near good enough in the race, as he couldn't even keep with the gentle pace of the leaders. Grid position is king in Monaco. Some will call this an underperformance from Hamilton in light of the spin and he and Mercedes were creating about Red Bull in the press. Let's remember that mudslinging and propaganda was a common theme all season between both sides. More down to the limitations of the Mercedes that weekend. Another criticism of Lewis is that he left the gate open too often for Max, notably in Spain and Abu Dhabi, or tried to force a move around the outside when the outcome was always going to be Max running him off the road, Imola and Monza. Lewis is certainly not used to being dive-bombed in the last few seasons of Mercedes dominance. His default with Max, leave the gate open, when on the outside. Let Max have the high ground. It was a philosophy that meant he could get points on the board, but at the expense of losing out to Max in the moment. Trying up the outside of Monza into the Roger chicane may work on Norris and Vettel, but certainly not on Max Verstappen. He squarely refuses to be anyways defensive of the inside line when Max Verstappen is chasing him. It's an unusual approach. Some call it sleepy. But had Lewis Hamilton been acutely unaware of a dive-bombing Max Verstappen, he would have turned in on him in Abu Dhabi and France. Not wanting to collide or to be vulnerable on the next straight, perhaps? It does seem he puts a level of trust in Max to control himself when making those moves. It's actually fantastic makeup from two different styles that's made this season so profound. More of Max's style later. Lewis's car placement in wheel-to-wheel -wheel scenarios is often analysed as circumstantial rather than a skill. From where I'm sitting, it never happens by accident. It's always happened too many times now to be a coincidence. It works for him more than against him. At the beginning of the season in Bahrain, Hamilton fended off the fresher tyre for Stappen by placing his car perfectly, 
forcing Verstappen off the white line and having to retake the place. It was a race Red Bull should have won that day and only Hamilton digging deep prevented it. Portimao was similar. Both drivers had won up over each other in different circumstances. Hamilton had pressured Max into a bigger than it looked wobbler entering the pit straight. After a straightforward DRS pass, Verstappen tried to re-challenge Hamilton into turn 3, but was hung out to dry. And therein lies the difference in Hamilton and Verstappen when going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Max has the direct approach of cutting the racing line arc and dominating the corner, racing in angles to assert track position. Lewis can do this too, but it's more subtle and tends to straighten the wheel gently in a single movement rather than straighten the wheel and reacting, racing in arcs. The blunt approach contrasting with the artistic one, which tries to look where you will be several corners ahead. Silverstone was the major turning point in the season. For those who doubted he could still stick it against fierce competition. Me, like many others, underestimated Lewis Hamilton at Silverstone. Playing the percentages by leaving the gate open for Max Verstappen in the opening races, that approach could no longer be afforded when 32 points down. Had Max stayed ahead, it was game over. It was all or nothing. After a wheel-to-wheel -wheel sore fight with Verstappen in the opening corners of lap 1, he played a beautiful dummy on the run to Cops and in a bizarre twist of the narrative that Hamilton is a weak driver in combat, left it up to Verstappen to have the accident. Despite some of the criticisms that he never made the apex of the corner, he didn't have to. He wasn't on a qualifying lap. He was racing for position. It was Max's turn to play the percentages. It was another demonstration of Hamilton's car placement. Clipping tyres, no damage done. He inherited a penalty for it, but like most stewards' decisions this year, they turned into soccer referees. Low resolution circumstance overruled the actual wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing scenario. It was the season's turning point. The championship turned into a war from that point onwards and transformed the season. The tension was obvious from the Hungarian Grand Prix. Hamilton's 11-lap battle with Fernando Alonso has to be the absolute highlight of any racing battle this season. Both are extremely similar when going toe-to-toe, -to -toe, racing in swoops and arcs which allows side-by-side -side racing throughout the long corners. It's a lot prettier to watch than any of the shove-off-the-road antics. It could well be argued that this pretty approach wasn't the correct one to try and get by Alonso quickly. Eventually, Alonso succumbed to the pressure and after a resolute effort, locked up and lost the position. By the time the championship reached Russia, Hamilton hadn't won a single race since Silverstone. You've seen the contrast of the title rivals once more. The initial charge through the field by Verstappen in the first half and nearly arriving at Hamilton's tail. Hamilton then pressed on the second half, eventually reaching Norris and capitalising on a Mercedes call to see where the showers were coming from. In Istanbul, Mercedes took an engine penalty due to the reliability concerns of high wear after more than six races. Istanbul, on paper, was the optimal place to do it, given Mercedes' natural strengths and the ease of overtaking. Bizarrely, against all weather predictions, it poured out of the skies on Sunday, with no DRS to assist Hamilton and the tyres being marginally able to go the distance. Hamilton drove beautifully through the field in the opening laps, eventually taking a high-risk move against Yuki Tsunoda. Mercedes eventually went conservative and pitted Hamilton for a fresh set of tyres, costing him a certain podium. There's an argument to be made that Hamilton lets his team overrule him too much and should instinctively know better when not to. It helped him in Russia with the weather shower calls, but almost certainly it hindered him here, despite his experience of the race and intermediates in the previous season in similar circumstances. When you are behind, you can afford to go aggressive. Letting the team take the flak for the call can't always be the excuse for Lewis. His uncertainty of himself may be what drives him to iron out his weaknesses, 
but Mercedes often have to remind him of his situation to encourage him forwards, and it suggests he's racing at the full capacity of his brain to be able to think laterally. This is perhaps where he's not as strong as Fernando Alonso, Michael Schumacher or Max Verstappen. Despite only five pole positions, his qualifying performances weren't too bad, nearly always on the front row if not on pole position. But there did seem to be a trait that the Mercedes inherited from the rule changes in getting the rear of the car to match the front rotation of the car in the tight corners, often overstressing the rear tyres. Mercedes lost that balance from their 2020 car, and Hamilton was still a formidable racer in, the, in at least the best car in the second half of the season, didn't quite have the car to his liking in qualifying, which really showed on rear limited circuits. Monza Friday qualifying in particular was an underperformance, along with Mexico. In the USA and Abu Dhabi, the one lap pace was lost in the tightest corners despite the barn door rear wing on the Mercedes. Mexico was another weak track on race pace, but Hamilton formidably shrugged off the threat from Sergio Perez to hold on to second place. Some drastic setup changes and another fresh engine for Brazil came to the fore. Hamilton came alive. After being disqualified for the crime of a broken wing that put him outside of the DRS flap open limits, Hamilton was to start in last spot on the sprint race but primed with a fresh Mercedes engine that was running a 15 horsepower mode more aggressive than the older engine in Bottas' car. Despite other opponents having DRS, Hamilton never got caught in the train. Hamilton cunningly and decisively made perfect moves everywhere to drive one of the races of his career and had the look of his GP2 driver self in 2006 that was destined to become an eventual world champion. He repeated the feat on Sunday with the swoops of Interlagos, man and machine were in perfect harmony. His swooping approach wore Verstappen down. It sparked alarm from Red Bull, who only needed one more result ahead of Hamilton in the remaining two to take the title. Hamilton proceeded to ring back the championship boom in his direction from Max Verstappen. The championship situation still required Verstappen to beat Hamilton one more time, and if they both DNF'd, it would be advantage Verstappen. At Saudi Arabia, a bizarre turn of events in the crazy race saw the drivers bang wheels several times. Hamilton was no angel in all of this, but was undoubtedly egged into it by Verstappen, and bizarrely ended up winning the race after Max eventually let him go. Come Abu Dhabi, Hamilton made a great launch, and the Red Bull simply was no match for the Mercedes. Hamilton, egged on by the changing refereeing standards, cut the chicane at Term 5 to keep the lead after Max brilliantly took it away from him. It was extremely uncomfortable to watch this being allowed, and had Hamilton won the race and the title, it would have called into question his sporting integrity for the first time in his career. Such was it to be, it was then bizarrely taken away from him. He couldn't have taken more liberty with Max on that final lap, left the gate open once again, not in his style to defend the inside relentlessly, and try to retake the position the old-fashioned way. It was not to be. With the tyre delta, he was essentially a sitting duck whatever approach he took. Some fantastic moments for Hamilton this year reminded everyone why he's an exceptional champion, and having the competition in Max Verstappen draws the best and worst from him. Has he met his match? The social media silence suggests a man privately licking his wounds and reflecting on the season just gone. He hasn't long to reflect though, and with a thrusting George Russell set to be Hamilton's strongest teammate, it could be the reckoning of him if he dwells on it for too long. Max Verstappen can be compared with the greatest natural talent to occur in F1 since 2001, Kimi Raikkonen. Only, he applies himself and completely dedicates his life to his craft, finally in a position to hound Mercedes and with the best Red Bull there's been since 2013. He duly went about setting the qualifying pace in Bahrain, almost nonchalantly. Qualifying was a breeze and despite the differential problems, looked set to comfortably beat Mercedes and Hamilton. 
After hunting them down in the closing laps, Max went for the move at the first attempt of asking, trying to hang around the outside of his contentiously white-lined turn four. He was ordered to give the place back, and duly lost tyre temperature, allowing Hamilton to steal a win against the odds. His immediate response was that he should have just stayed ahead and got a penalty, and lost it that way. It's in those moments where I don't deny the formidable talent of Max, but will he learn that by sometimes hedging his bets for a moment that he can get the results anyway? Max always goes for it at the first attempt, does not overthink situations, everything is black or white for him with no nuance in between. The exuberance of youth perhaps? At times you would not think Max is already in his seventh season of Grand Prix racing at only 24, but this has been his very first proper world championship assault. Max has approached it in the way he approaches every year, just drive like he always does and let the results sort themselves out over 22 races. It's a highly contrasting and genuinely compelling style in a championship situation, compared to the points win prizes mentality. By Baku, Verstappen had a commanding lead until his tyre blew out through no fault of his own. There is no doubt his championship situation was eased by a slightly misfiring Mercedes and Hamilton camp in the first half of the season. By the time the championship situation passed the two Austrian rounds after a pair of back-to-back -back dominant races, few were betting against Red Bull and Verstappen to take the title. The events of Paul Ricard were arguably Verstappen's finest race of the year. After outbreaking himself on lap 1 and losing the lead to Hamilton, he then set a scintillating outlap after his pit stop and combined with a faster stop seized the lead from Hamilton and Mercedes. In a role reversal of the Barcelona race, Red Bull then dictated the strategy and went for the two-stop pincering Hamilton with an unformed Sergio Perez. Another brave move by Max up the inside at the end of the race was an end to another cliffhanger. Come Silverstone, Mercedes had its last update package of the season fitted and was expected to do well. However, in race conditions during the sprint, Max duly took the lead at the start and stayed there in the hot tired conditions. The Mercedes was overheating its rear tires again. In the main event, it would have been an easy win for Verstappen starting from pole. He had a commanding 32-point lead over Hamilton, the championship still not at the halfway point. Lewis had often bowled out of his way in the opening races. Max even complimented how respectful Lewis was as a racer and how much of a privilege it was to be able to go wheel-to-wheel -wheel and not collide. The black or white mentality. He had Lewis put in a mental box. I have three tenths on this guy. We are the stronger team. He will back out if I show him a wheel. How wrong we all were. Even if the move Hamilton made on lap 1 into Cops was high risk, Rosberg-esque, dangerous, borderline reckless as some put it, lucky to get away with a soft time penalty, Verstappen simply underestimated that Hamilton could take the same take-no-prisoners approach as him. All he had to do was let Hamilton have the high ground. He and Red Bull had the faster package by a long way that weekend. The Red Bull was an awful lot faster, and he would have won anyway had he just conceded in that moment where he seen him in his mirrors. It's not considered overly bravado or reckless on Max's part, but certainly not bad luck. He played a part in it undeniably. Christian Horner let slip in a recently McKenzie interview with Channel 4. He was quoted as saying, on Silverstone, he felt he let the team down. Despite all of the press anarchy, it was a sign of genuine wisdom that had creeped in from the events of that day. 25 soft points lost along with a broken engine. Bear in mind, Red Bull Honda would likely have taken a penalty anyway. Just look at the Alfa Tauri using four engines in both cars. No F1 engine manufacturer got through the season on the three permitted engines only. Max was the victim of the Valtteri Bottas bowling ball in the events of Hungary. Another lot of points lost. The Dutch Grand Prix was an extreme challenge under very high pressure. Max didn't string the optimum qualifying lap, but it was enough for pole position in front of the home crowd. 
He put in a masterful display in the race, despite both Mercedes in a position to offset his strategy. Hamilton pressured him all the way, but Max was formidable and delivered the result the home fans craved. Then came the Italian Grand Prix. Red Bull were in between a rock and a hard place with the wings, but Max still qualified second, and thanks to Bottas's penalty, he'd be starting from pole. McLaren were very strong, and Ricardo jumped for Stappen off the line. Max, sitting in Ricardo's dirty ear, and DRS resentlessly gave chase. Would it not have made more sense to sit back in the two-second window and save the front tyres? This was to be a reoccurring theme with the Red Bull this season, at times running a suboptimal rear wing that could not dial out the car's understeer, and Max going too hard too early, as in Spain. Front tyres were a limiting factor, and Max would often try to bully pace from the car when the opposite long-game approach was required with the tyres. Regardless, Red Bull botched his stop, and a coincidence put Verstappen in that take-nose-prisoner situation with Hamilton emerging in front. He duly clobbered over Hamilton at the first chicane, and negated any points lost he would have had to the likely race-winning Hamilton. A touch of anarchy in hindsight, but was given the benefit of the doubt that it was not deliberate but was penalised. Come the Russian Grand Prix, Max was now due for his engine penalty. The opening first half of the race was outstanding from Verstappen, passing cars left, right and centre and climbing his way through the field, until he came upon Charles Leclerc battling Sebastian Vettel. In his impatience, he went for a move that was a disappearing wedge, and crucially clipped his front wing and lost in performance. He was on course for a lacklustre 7th place until the rain gods and Lady Luck finally saved his day for a turn and got him into P2 in a race where he was destined to lose serious ground to Hamilton. The Austin race was expected to be a Mercedes track. It had two corners, however, that were seriously hamping the Mercedes on the rear. Turn 1 and Turn 14, both over the flying lap and the race stints, the Mercedes was overheating its rears and could not put the power down. Max took an unexpected pole position, and along with an aggressive strategy from Red Bull, went for an extreme undercut and then a very long final stint that was managed beautifully. Max was the surprise winner based on pre-race perception, and the consensus was that it was his finest win. In reality, he had it all under control, just made life difficult for himself after losing the lead to Hamilton at Turn 1. Mexico was another dominant display in the race. However, in qualifying, he was distracted by cars running off the circuit in Sector 2. He let the frustration get to him and lost an easy pole in Sector 3. Max made up for it at the start, a lame duck Bottas leaving the gate open for him on lap 1, and Julie went on to dominate the race. It was to be a very tall order for Mercedes and Hamilton to topple Max at this stage. Max realistically only needed to beat Hamilton in one more race out of the remaining four to win the title. In Brazil, Max had not the faster package, but didn't have a great sprint race. He made up for it at the start of the main event by easing Bottas out of the way. He took pressure from Hamilton, who benefited from an early safety car to keep Max from being out of touch, pushing hard in the middle sector to keep the Mercedes out of the DRS range. Hamilton was always threatening to pull a big dive bomb, but never really got close enough. The few occasions he was close enough for a sniff, into which Max overreacted and made a beeline for the apex, defending fresh air no less than three times, compromising his run to turn four and the DRS back straight. On one occasion, he forced Hamilton off track at turn four and was lucky not to be ordered to give the place up. It was this decision that set the standard going forward. You can run another driver off track to keep your place if you ran off the track too. In Qatar, ultimately Red Bull were no match for Hamilton and Mercedes. The rear wing imbalance meant Red Bull had not enough front wing to dial out the dreaded understeer that hurt the front tyres. And despite another double-waved yellow incident, Max kept his foot in it on his last qualifying lap. He received a penalty for it, but drove a fantastic opening stint to put him within striking distance of the cruising Hamilton. 
It was damage limitation. Two rounds were remaining. Red Bull and Max feared Jetta would be a Mercedes walkover. Red Bull found that by running a lower rear wing, it would help with the balance shift of the front tyres along with the added benefit of keeping Mercedes in touch down the straights. Max Verstappen duly set about one of the qualifying laps of the season. After a slightly scruffy first corner, he brushed the walls all the way at full commitment and was carrying a crazy four tenths of a second advantage going into the last corner. He ultimately spent too long reading his dash on that back straight and stuffed it in the wall at the last corner in his only real howler of the season. Had he lost the title in Abu Dhabi, many would have put it down to this moment. It was to prove irrelevant, not least from the events of the following day. During the race, it was the only time all season that Max's firm racing style turned into genuine anarchy. He could afford the DNF and take out Hamilton also. Hamilton not scoring was not a problem to him. It was an ugly contest to watch. Watching this race in a bar in County Meath, a round of applause broke out when Hamilton crossed the line in first place. It was a feeling of the wrong race but the right result, and it was uncomfortable that he won it in that bizarre way when Max let him pass after the five-second penalty was given. Did Verstappen know? Who knows? Come Abu Dhabi, and both teams were playing sandbagging games in Friday practice, both in qualifying and race runs. Red Bull proved to be comfortably faster over one lap and Mercedes the quickest package in the race. A complete role reversal of the Friday form guide. Max's qualifying lap was exceptional again, running the slimmer wing option as they had in Jeddah and Max was happy with the car balance. It was Hamilton that made the best reaction time off the line with Verstappen trailing in his wake. Another bravado move up the inside on lap one. It was Max's move of the year, executed perfectly, would have gone down as the best overtake of the season. Totally outclassing Hamilton and left Hamilton petulantly skipping the chicane with the stewards deeming Max forced him off. It was a ridiculous call. It didn't seem to matter though by the race's first pit stop. Hamilton had a comfortable margin while Verstappen's skinny wing choice was now hurting all his tyres. He went for a second stop during the VSC in hope of catching Hamilton, but their degradation curves evened up quickly. And while he was eroding Hamilton's lead, it was not going to be enough with the six laps remaining. A late race safety car threw Max the lifeline he needed. A stop for softs, Hamilton on 40 lap old hards, the race was contrived to get underway with a last lap showdown between the title protagonists. Verstappen pulled an extraordinary move at turn 4, which could have left him vulnerable at turn 5. It summed up his season. True to form, he just went for it, and the championship was his. A fully worthy world champion, proving you don't have to be all calculated to win titles convincingly. Certainly the sport's most exciting driver, and a fully deserved world champion. Without some of his earlier season mishaps and misfortune, Max likely would have walked this championship. World champion and our driver of the season, Max Verstappen. That's it for this episode and thank you for listening with us throughout the year. Join us next time in 2022 for a new season of the First Corner Podcast. <laughs>